Broadcasting live from Heroic's headquarters, this is Pop Culture Reference, your one-stop reference for all things pop culture. I'm one of your hosts, Garrett Strother. I'm one of your other hosts, Seamus Connolly. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I was distracted by my favorite podcast, Live Action Remake. It's me, Ricardo. Hello. I'm on the podcast Hi. today. <laughs> oh, very that smooth. Was, that was good. I didn't know what you were doing for a second. I thought we, we already ruined it. So quickly, the <laughs> <crossover>. um. <laughs> if you haven't put it together yet, that beautiful voice you're hearing is our first ever guest, host of the live action remake podcast. This week we have Diego Roman. What up? It's your boy. I'm I'm here doing the podcast. Yep, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Spot on, man. Spot on. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the show, Diego. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing great. I'm just I just realized how sad I'm gonna be on Sunday when I'm don't listen to this because it's gonna have my voice in it. Because I'm I'm not gonna wanna listen. Oh but I love the show, so I'm very happy to be here finally. Wait, hold on. You don't listen to your own podcast? Cause that's all Seamus uh, does. <laughs> hey, don't don't roast me like this. <laughs> I've found editing it. After I'm done editing a podcast, I just don't want to hear myself speak for the rest of the day. And so I'm just sitting in my bed in silence until I sleep. So, yeah. Oh, I get that. <laughs> it's not, dude. Yeah, I can't. I'm the same way, Diego. When I edit, I cannot listen to it again. I'm like, please, just take it away. I feel like once I'm done editing, the episode leaves my brain and it's just gone forever. And then you just, you just like, hope. And just... Hope for the best. That's whatever happens, whatever happens. It's fine. It's fine now. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm really excited to have you on the show, Diego. I'm a big fan of your pod, and um, I hope this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I hope so as well. I had Ricardo on a couple months ago, and so yeah. I'm really excited to finally be here. Uh, I wish it was for a better movie, to be honest, <laughs> but you know what? It is what it is. I'll take what I can get. Yeah, that's right, guys. You saw it All in, in the title. Time. We're doing We Can Be Heroes today. Yeah, you guys don't have a good track record together, do you? No, no. This Did you know that this one came out early? This came out December 25th, and it was supposed to come out January 1st. I did know that because I, when they launched it, I was like, no, our schedule. Yeah, I didn't. I This movie was so like under the radar that I totally didn't even realize that it came out early. I found out because one of my friends was watching it and was like, oh, how'd you like it? I was like, oh, it's already out? <laughs> oh, oops. <laughs> Yikes. Um... But yeah, I'm excited to talk about it with you guys today. But first, we're going to get into some news, and there's actually news this week, unlike the last few weeks where we've just been in the wasteland. I think the holidays are finally over now, like, people are back in entertainment gear. So, let's kick things off with probably our most controversial piece of news. After 20 years, Caillou has officially been cancelled. No more. Damn. Good riddance. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> I think I'm in a very small minority that was like, ah, I kind of grew up on that when I was like four, but then I saw people like cheering in the streets, so I just haven't said anything about it. <laughs> Man, <laughs> hot take right now. I mean, I loved that show when I was a, like a baby, I don't know, but if you've ever seen it past the age of like seven years old, you get annoyed as hell. Yeah, yeah I stopped watching at six, <laughs> yeah. so I I've never experienced it, and I don't want to. The last so... few years have seen a big <laughs> Caillou backlash on the internet. 
cancel Caillou in two kinds of ways. I think I'm in the same... I think I'm kind of between Diego and Seamus in terms of... I definitely have fond memories of Caillou from when I was a kid. But now, as an adult, I'm like, yeah, that was not good. And I can't believe my parents even tolerated it being I can't on. believe it's been on for 20 years. Yeah, oh, I assumed, yeah, it was long dead. That's insane. Caillou ain't no Arthur. Who does he think he is? <laughs> that's, that's, I feel like my feelings are there, too. It's like bad Arthur. They have, like, they tried to spice it up like Arthur did by, like, making the animals talk and, you know, putting lessons in there. But it's so goddamn annoying. It's so boring. Wait, the animals talk in Caillou? Yeah, don't they? Am I crazy? I remember. I don't remember that. There was Seamus. a segment where they it's were like, puppets, and that's when they would talk. They were puppets. No, I thought it was oh, like there, it wasn't yeah. like the whole show. It was like specific episodes where like the animals are talking to each other, and Caillou's taking a back seat to this one, and just generally better. So you remember the plot yeah. way better than I do, Seamus. I just remember there was a bald kid who was annoying and kind of privileged. <laughs> that's like that's all I remember about the show. But I was four, so I was like, he's four, and I'm four, so this is a good show. I'm just a kid who's <laughs> Exactly. That's why I was like, that's me. I, that's yeah. me. This is my friends. Shaved your head to be like your hero? <laughs> yes. Well, fare thee well, Caillou, till we meet again. In the inevitable Caillou. Till there's the live yeah, action. Caillou reboot movie. Ooh. Steve Buscemi is Caillou, anyone? <laughs> there it is. I'd watch that. I would watch that just because of just because of the casting, but (laughs) (laughs) and then speaking of casting, we talked about this on the show a couple weeks back, but it has been seemingly confirmed by the series' director of photography that Oscar Isaac is indeed playing Moon Knight for the Marvel Disney Plus series. Damn, good for him. He's getting that paycheck, that's for sure. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, Moon Knight's really fun, I like Oscar Isaac, I'm 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 looking forward. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the uh, sequel trilogy of Star Wars movies in general, but Oscar Isaac was definitely a standout to me. So the fact that they got him for Moon Knight is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't want to work with Disney again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of what we said last time, where we were surprised that he would even agree to this. But again, that's Disney money. That's good money. And getting a Marvel role these days is just like guaranteed like five or six years of money so you're good on him i would do the same thing i wonder what style this moon knight show is gonna take is it gonna go lean real heavy into this guy's mentally ill or is it gonna be more slick where he like wears a suit instead of like a cape the way i'm picturing the tone of the show is probably something more akin to daredevil that's what i was thinking yeah i think this was one of the shows that was supposed to be a netflix marvel universe like if that would have kept going moon knight would have been one of the next ones but it didn't so that makes sense daredevil is coming back cross them over absolutely i'd love to see that i hope they put him in the white suit i don't know if you guys know that the mr knight version of moon knight he has like a whole white suit and a white mask and he's just like it always gets like bloody he's pretty cool looking you should check it out yeah i'd I do not know enough about Moon Knight, man. <laughs> I, I, I know the one Dracula meme, <laughs> and I know like the basic concept of the character, and that is about it. That's all you really need to know for the show, I guess. Then we got a trailer this week for the upcoming movie Locked Down, which I think I was slightly more impressed with than the Peanut Gallery. I don't know, man. Watching that trailer just 
like I know there's gonna be a million of them coming up coming down the pike here, but I don't want a bunch of lockdown quarantine COVID friendly movies, you know? Thank like you. Yeah. I'm sure exactly that's all anybody's that. writing, but like just make it a fun heist and don't remind me that the world sucks so much. Also the trailer was kinda weird. Like it starts off as like it's a rom com and then it just or not, not or just like a romantic movie that were like they're having problems and then it's like heist. It it felt really weird to me. Just like what what, what did I miss? I had to rewind to rewatch the trailer. <laughs> I had that same thought, Diego. And what this trailer says to me is it has all of the marks of a trailer that has been edited to reflect a tone different to the one that the movie actually has. That they've tried to make it seem more like I think a heisty comedy situation. Where I suspect it's going to be more of a grittier crime thriller. Not, I don't think it's going to be, like, scary or anything. But I do think that they've gone for a more marketable tone in these advertisements than probably the movie actually has. But they're stealing a diamond. There's, like, a treasure chest. I mean, you see, you guys see Widows? No. No. Widows is very, very good. It's, like, really, like, I should save it for a rec center sometime, but it is a tremendous movie. And I think that this movie, it's could probably have something more along the lines of that, where it's, like, there is definitely comedy in Widows, but most of it is a more grounded, serious crime movie. I'm with you guys about why is this a COVID movie. I almost wonder if the script wasn't a COVID movie, and then they were like, well, we can make it a COVID movie pretty easily. Yeah, it seems like the scenes where they're talking on, like, laptops and androids, that feels the most off to me, because there's a lot of scenes of them just filmed like a regular movie. So I think they did probably add that in to be more relatable. Especially because there's a lot of scenes of people not wearing masks, or, like, taking their masks down to talk, which I thought was really weird. I wonder if it's, like, almost... Did, did they specifically say anything about, like, COVID or a disease in the trailer? Because I almost wonder if it's like they're locked down for a different reason, but they're trying to make it look like a COVID movie. They said people lost their jobs yeah, because of, it's I pretty blatant it's like the virus. Yeah, but, I, like, I'm wondering what the explanation is going to be with, like, the way masks are working and stuff, you know? I don't think it's they put Dovid. that much thought into it. It's called Dovid in the movie. It's a, it's a different Dovid. <laughs> <laughs> Dovid. It can 16. only be transmitted through the air sometimes. Yeah. I'm I'm still of the mind with okay. Seamus. I don't want to see a goddamn COVID movie. I don't want to have more things that try to be relatable to me. If I have to have Honda try to tell me we're in difficult times one more time, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Ricardo, now more than ever, we're all in this together. <laughs> We're here for you whenever you're ready to come back. Buy a hand. <laughs> Speaking of movies we don't want to see, We Can Be Heroes 2 has officially been yeah, released to Netflix Robert Rodriguez returning. Bring it. Oh, Jesus. I was just going to say, unless, and you know, we'll get into this more later, unless it's more oriented towards the original Shark Boy and Lava Girl in 3D, excuse me. Then it's just gonna be the worst again, and I, I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to see it anyway. I mean, I'm, I'm too far deep. Know. It's gonna be a trilogy at this point. I don't know what mark of quality you think you have for Shark Boy and Lava Girl. They're on the same level. They're the same. I was gonna say we'll talk about 
we'll talk about this when we talk about our main segment, but obviously there are a certain degree of nostalgia goggles going into the Sharkboy and Lava Girl discourse that we will touch on, but I think there are bigger problems than just, like, this movie is worse than Sharkboy and Lava Girl. I think it's the way that they're so tentatively connected, and I agree with Seamus, the idea of focusing more on... Sharkboy and Lava Girl, or even just more on the adult characters in any capacity would be really helpful in making me interested in seeing this movie. I'm more so happy that Robert Rodriguez is just getting more work. Like, I like him as a person, and I really liked his Boba Fett episode Absolutely. in The Mandalorian. I, I hope mm-hmm. he goes the entirely different direction for this movie, and it's just like the Boba Fett kind of action from the Mandalorian <laughs> in this next one. Like, it's just hardcore superhero, like, to the next level. I, I would prefer that instead of... We can we be heroes too, rated R. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... I'd be into Uncle that. Uncle Machete's there. It's oh, great. Uncle Machete, yes, bring him back, please. <laughs> He's the main villain. They have it's to stop him. <laughs> Honestly... That sounds great to me. Maybe he and Floop teamed up, you know? Yeah. Um, I really did not like the Boba Fett, Robert, the Robert Rodriguez episode of The Mandalorian, because I really like Robert Rodriguez, but his style does not translate well to Star Wars for me, because all of a sudden, The Mandalorian, which I think is so immersive and so good at making you feel like you're in the Star Wars universe in a cohesive tone, all of a sudden, that episode came along and it was like Robert Rodriguez was running around in the mountains in Southern California. And that doesn't really connect with me, but I agree that I'm glad that Robert Rodriguez is kind of going back to what he is good at, which is his own pursuits out of his own imagination again this movie was not great but we'll talk about that in our main segment and i also think there are probably some outside factors about that not just you know i don't think it's like robert rodriguez's fault necessarily that this movie didn't connect all the way yeah i mostly just like that episode because i hate boba fett and that was the first time he was cool in my opinion i know a lot of people like him but i thought that he's kind of overrated for every movie I saw him in. And then all of a sudden, Tamora Morrison came in, and I was like, okay, now I like Boba Fett. Now he's cool again. I'm, I'm good. I'm good now. See, there's my issue, is that I feel like it's inconsistent with the <laughs> character we've seen so far. Of just, like, a and lame, just, like, boring blatant. bounty hunter. Well, it, it felt like gratuitous fan service to me, which is not something I really like. And after and, I mean, we talked over about 20 that. years of not doing anything... You gotta give the people what they want. But do you, though? The pe- the people almost always do not know what they actually want. Only Garrett want. knows what you want. <laughs> I don't mean that. I just mean, like, there are, <laughs> there are certain storytelling conventions that are conventions for a reason. And Boba Fett is cool partially because you don't see him, like... I don't know. We're not. I, I, I'm not gonna take. <laughs> We're diving down a hole right now. Yeah, I'm sorry about bringing him up. <laughs> no, you're good, man. You're good. I'm the one who took it and ran with it. <laughs> We're good. We're good. Because I heard Star Wars came up, and I was like, Star Wars? You guys talking about Star Wars? <laughs> Look, man, if you brought up Marvel, I'd be doing the exact same thing. I'd I'd be looking like Charlie in It's Always Sunny, just with my board, just pulling it out. Just... <laughs> so don't worry about it. You're good. 
Well, if you want to go three for three with movies we don't want to see, there is a Rubik's Cube movie in development. Now, somebody, for the love of God, tell me what that is. (laughs) Tell me what that's going to even be about. I mean, it's got to be like a weird thriller where the Rubik's Cube's a puzzle box, right? It's just a retelling of Hellraiser? I'm thinking the Emoji Movie. What were you saying, Diego? The Emoji Movie, but it's it's the Rubik's Cube. That's my pitch. I mean, yeah, that's kind of what... I mean, anything can be good, and they haven't released anything about this, but also, why? So there's no word on any plot for this? Mm-mm. Damn. So I think I, I did a little bit about this on Live Action Remake, and apparently it's about, like, its rise in the 80s, and how it's, it said, like, in the quote, like, it's continued to stay relevant, but it hasn't, so I don't know what this movie's <laughs> gonna be about. Wait, it's not That's about like, a talking Rubik's Oh, interesting, cube? I hadn't read that. No, I think it's about... In my mind, I imagined it, like... It's like the story of a Rubik's Cube competition with, like, a Whiplash-style, like, Rubik's Cube coach. <laughs> Not my tempo! Just slamming a Rubik's Cube into this guy's head. Oh, yeah, I've watched that. Yeah, sure, right. write it, Seamus. It, it would or like, really... or like Garrett almost... said, it's a puzzle box you gotta solve to save the universe. I think almost any inane task is made extremely funny by the idea that there are people that take it super seriously... <laughs> Which, for most things, there are. Like, in the world, there's om- there's a competition for almost everything, and people that are really cutthroat about it. You know, like, you look at Best in Show, right? Which is hysterical, because it's these, like, the Christopher Guest movie, you guys have seen Best in oh, Show? Oh, yeah. yeah. I have not, sorry. <laughs> oh, Diego, you should watch it. It's really funny. Oh, Seamus, I have not seen this one. <sighs> Ooh, I got one up on you. Ooh. <laughs> And the reason that works is because it's hilarious that these people are taking dog shows so seriously, but at the same time, people in real life really do take dog shows that seriously. And I'm sure there there so, has to be a community of, like... Hardcore Rubik's? Messed up... Yeah, exactly. Just, like, the most intense... Got, like, finger-strengthening uh, tools, just constantly thinking about the algorithms or whatever you need to solve one of those really fast. Well, there's a kid... I know from high school that, like, you can buy, like, greased Rubik's Cubes that move oh faster, <laughs> that that don't hold their shape as well because, you know, they move faster. And there's also, like, I'm sure you guys have seen, there's Rubik's Cubes that are, like, 20 by 20 and oh stuff. Oh, God, yeah. I'd like to see someone with, like, a robotic replacement hand just being like, this is fast. <laughs> we, we've gone past the human form to make sure that the Rubik's, like, we can do the Rubik's Cube so well. And he's, I don't know. <laughs> hey, man, if people if, can watch The Queen's Gambit, who's to say we can't make a Rubik's Cube movie? Well, if, the, if it's what we're describing, it might be something. But if it's just, like, about what Rubik's Cubes were in the 80s, then that seems kind of boring. Well, it could be, like, Seamus, I think your take could still work in that context. Oh, just, like, how it became so popular through these psychos that do it so fast and well? Yeah. But you gotta get J.K. Simmons back. Yeah, exactly. It's a real (laughs) sequel to Whiplash. J.K. Simmons is John Rubik. (laughs) It's just, I don't know Rubik's first name. What if it is John? It's actually J.K. Simmons. It's really... (laughs) J.K. Rubik. Rubik's. Yeah. It's a Hungarian inventor named Erno Rubik. I will forget him. that in ten seconds. He's still alive. Wow. Oh god, he's gonna hear this and come beat my ass with a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> Is he on Twitter? Can I at him? 
Let's find <laughs> I out. will do that research and at him so he can hear me <laughs> talking shit. Oh yeah, because if you at him, he's definitely gonna listen to the show. <laughs> what has he got going on? He's just doing Rubik's Cubes all day. Who's to say he hasn't already been listening? And now he's, he's our number one <laughs> fan. He's gonna be so disappointed this week. <laughs> 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 Unsolicited, just dunking on this man. He just made a toy. <laughs> one of the best-selling toys in human history. And you're saying so the tagline of this movie, or are you movie. just saying that as fact? Oh no, I don't want to know why the age of consent is trending. Get out of Twitter. Oh, get out Jesus. of Twitter. Get out. No. Moving on. Oh, moving no. on. Oh no. <laughs> Don't tarnish Rubik's name. <laughs> okay, we've got some back-to-back DC news. First up, Ray Fisher announces that he is officially done at DC in a Twitter thread, specifically calling out DC exec Walter Hamada. Uh, I don't know all the details involving this. Diego, I think you know more than we do. So, in the beginning, when the Snyder Cut was just being, like, announced that it was actually happening, Ray Fisher began to, I believe it empowered him, because he hasn't been really around for a couple of years, and it finally empowered him to, like, finally take a stand and say what he was trying to, like, wanted to say for a while, and that, I guess, Joss Whedon was incredibly unprofessional on set of Justice League, like, he was horrible, he threatened to ruin Ray Fisher's career, and... It just kept escalating, and if you watch the cut of Justice League, many of the black actors who were supposed to be in the movie were cut or minimized in the movie, particularly Ray Fisher, who was one of the main members, and in Zack Snyder's original vision, he called him, like, the heart of the movie, like, there was supposed to be a lot more Ray Fisher in the movie, so he started calling him out, and eventually he even pointed out that Zack, uh, what got him like most upset was that Joss Whedon wanted to take a character of color and make them lighter on screen <laughs> at one point. And that, like, infuriated him, and he couldn't take it anymore. So uh, he called out Joss Whedon, Jeff Johns, who empowered Joss Whedon, like, able to do that. And I guess Walter Hamada wanted this whole thing to kind of go away. And so in that way, he was an enabler. So uh, after the investigation, Ray Fisher is now calling out Walter Hamada, and he's saying that he doesn't want to work with Walter Hamada. And as soon as he said that, like, a day later, DC signed Walter Hamada for, like, three more years. So it's basically confirmed that Ray Fisher won't return. And then after that... uh. They announced that Ray Fisher would not be a part of the Flash movie, that he would just be written out and not uh, replaced. But Ray Fisher came back and then said that they are just doing that for PR. They are not replacing him to make themselves look better. And he didn't step down as Cyborg. He said that he wouldn't do a DC film with Walter Hamada. So he, he implied that he still wants to be Cyborg and he still wants to be in the DC universe. And then they fired back saying that it's time to let this investigation go. Like it's already it's already been done. Like it's already things are already moving forward. Like it's time to let it all go. That's what Warner Brothers just said. So it's been a whirlwind of this whole investigation. I I broke it down as best as I could and like <laughs> with all, all the articles I've read, but... I still recommend reading yourself everything Ray Fisher has had to say. Well, good on you, Diego. That's a lot of ground to cover. Uh, and it sounds like it's a mess over there, so good job keeping it straight. Trying my best. Uh. Yeah, DC's been going through it. Because th- not even like a couple months ago, didn't like a whole bunch of people get fired over there? Were you going to speak to I that? Actually, I haven't heard about that either, so... I think Warner Brothers is probably having the worst year of its existence. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, like it's rough. A lot of self-inflicted pain, though. I would say. <laughs> oh yeah, no, for sure. Most of it is yeah, their all fault. All deserved in one way or still, another. Yeah, and then piling onto that, 
Zack Snyder has said in an interview that he has no plan to continue uh, with DC after his cut of Justice League is released. Which, Diego, you mentioned you had some thoughts on this that I think I probably agree yeah, with. absolutely not. Zack Snyder always leaves a door open to come back. He's been fueling the flames of the Snyder Cut so he could come back for a while. Uh, I don't blame him. Like, he's getting work. Like, good for him. But, yeah, he's not done with DC. The, the original Justice League had an ending for a sequel for Justice League. So I'm sure this one is going to end with a little, at least enough of an opening where they could make another Snyder Justice League movie. And then the Snyder Cut fans, who have now been empowered beyond compare, to any other fan group are going to be like, oh, we need to continue Zack Snyder's vision, and this is canon. They got one win. They're not done. They're going to keep coming back. So I blame mostly the Snyder fans, but there's going to be more Snyder Justice League movies. There's definitely going to be more if this is successful, if this makes money. That's the thing. That's the big... That's the big asterisk, is if this is successful. And I'll be very curious to see how... Obviously, the Snyder fan group is very vocal, but I'm curious to see how that translates to, you know, actual views on the Snyder Cut once it's released. I think it's too big to fail, though. How are you just gonna all... do me like that? <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead, go <laughs> ahead, Ricardo, you go ahead. No, I mean, don't take this from me, man, there's hope. This could be the end. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, there's no way that you as a fan, like, I'm, I'm speaking particularly as a fan of, like, Marvel and DC, right? If I was a fan who devoted, like, four years of my life to a movie that comes out and it's bad, there's no way I'm telling anyone it's bad. There's no way I'm going to be like, yeah, that wasn't good, and I didn't watch, like, I'm I'm going to watch it, like, ten times just to make sure that, like, I put in my work. Like, you know, like, there's no way these fans are not going to double down and be like, this is the greatest movie of all time. And, yeah, this is just going to this is gonna be successful. And even if it wasn't successful, HBO Max isn't going to say that. They're going to be like, this was great. We got a bunch of new people. And people subscribed, and everyone watched, and everyone loved it. It was great. And so there's no way to tell if this is going to be unsuccessful. Yeah. Bloated well, mess. <laughs> we will... We will have to see. When is it coming out? Is there a release date it's yet? It's announced that it's going to come out in March, but there's no official date. People have speculated that it's going to be the 25th, but there's no official date as of right now. God, that is so soon. I'm not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's okay, let's let's wrap things up now. We've got two quick pieces of news. One, Ratatouille the TikTok musical has raised over a million dollars for struggling actors. Good, yeah, good on awesome. it. I like everybody involved with that. Seamus has some kind of anti-TikTok yeah, bias that deal, if, you'd like to, if you'd like to start I don't know, man. I just, I watched a couple minutes of it to see what it was like. They've got good music. They got like a, like an orchestral accompaniment with all this stuff. But I don't know. It just feels weird. It just feels so, like they have... Titus Burgess being Remy, I love the man to death, and he can sing so well, but then, like, they superimpose, like, backup dancers in their own individual TikToks next to him. It just looks like three phone screens stacked up. It's, it's, it's weird. It is weird, but I don't, you know, I like weird, and I've, I like that they're taking a risk. I like that it's something new, and it's supporting... You know, not only is it supporting struggling actors, but also it's giving all the people on TikTok who who made these songs and made this a popular meme. Yeah, that's what I think is the big it's, draw here, because it is such a collaborative effort. This was just an idea, like a meme, like you said, by just some guy, and they just took off where everyone just wanted to be involved to like like raise a million dollars. Don't don't get me wrong. I think it is it's a great thing that they did, and the potential for something like this is very great 
when everybody's so separated and they're just like starving to make some kind of interesting content but you know for a first attempt well done but there's a lot more that they could probably do with this kind of format well Seamus I think you're no fun you know what Garrett <laughs> I, Damn, take that He's I dare you to watch the whole hour-long Ratatouille musical and then you come back to me I so will I. I've got my copy it's better than Hamilton <laughs> no it's not I'm just kidding I don't qu- cut this don't <laughs> Seamus <clears throat> do you have a TikTok no I don't have a TikTok why not following because I'm a 22 year old man and I can't you're the get into that stuff what? I thought it was like young teenagers. What are you, a boomer over here? Apparently, I can't handle TikTok. <laughs> ah, it's too weird. I can't get into it. TikTok is pure. Got- sounds that are from another video <laughs> going to do a video without sound. TikTok is pure chaos, man. It's got some hilarious, just oddball stuff on there. You, I'll. Are you a Trumper, Seamus? Is oh, that the deal the- here? <laughs> what is this? You're afraid of China stealing your data? I resent the accusation. This is all getting cut yeah. anyway. It shouldn't. So the people need to want. know. <laughs> yeah, it's just Vine. Like, if you had Vine, you should have TikTok. I like, didn't have, have Vine, though. Okay, I thought that well, was dumb, too. Then... <laughs> you didn't have Vine on your iPod no, touch, No, I did Seamus. not, Garrett. You and I didn't have nearly as similar upbringing as <laughs> I believed us. This is the one had. thing we depart from each other with, and it's the weirdest <laughs> detail. But it's the thing that rips this family <laughs> apart. What do you got against short form content? What are you, a Quibi rep over here? Yeah, Maybe. Oh, I thought, oh man. <laughs> R.I.P. Quibi. <laughs> <laughs> too soon, honestly. <laughs> was it, though? <laughs> it came out too soon. It was ahead of its time. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> All right. I hate to break up our, our lovely TikTok <laughs> accusation fest, but we've got one last piece of news, which is that Disneyland Avengers Campus will open in 2021. I thought we already knew that, but apparently it's double confirmed. Will it, though? We'll it yeah, could. I don't know. Uh, I want to go, man. Sounds like <laughs> fun really to me. go. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously I want to go. Like, that's not the question. It's whether or not after the year that Disney has had and after the fact that the park has been shut down for so long, I know that they're releasing this press re- This I know they're releasing this statement to try to bolster people's faith in the idea that they're going to be able to go and have a new attraction to go to. But, yeah, I'm with Diego. I'm, I'm kind of skeptical that this is going to actually happen this year. The main reason I'm skeptical is they give no date. They just gave the year. So, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's up in the air. I don't see that happening. I was really excited when they announced it. I remember being like, we should get tickets and go. Like, I, I was already, like, hyping up my family that we should go, and then a pandemic hit us. <laughs> God. And then, uh, so long ago, so long ago. But, yeah. I want to go into Stark well, Tower. maybe, guys, when we go, we can be heroes. Oh, <sighs> uh, you bastard. Just for one day. Oh, man, I have thoughts about that. Okay, l- you know what? Let's talk about our thoughts, officially segueing into our main topic for today, Robert Rodriguez's Netflix film, We Can Be Heroes. Oh boy. This movie was not good. I'll, I'll <laughs> say you're gonna it. be the brave one here? I'll be the br- one of us brave enough to say. Yeah, man. Jeez, you were, Louise. You were expecting maybe Casablanca? <laughs> yes. I was expecting something a little better, but we kind of touched on it before of every Robert Rodriguez, like, kids movie that I, I loved is slathered in nostalgia, so it's hard to it's hard to bring myself out of that. Spy Kids is a genuinely good 
movie, Shavis. Like the, okay, Glee is a genuinely good movie. I'll stand by that one. I, I would say Honestly, all three. Yeah, are we just yeah, I would say all three over, Spy Kids, Spy Kids too. See, that's why Steve Buscemi gives an Academy Award worthy performance. And don't Spy get me Kids. started with that intro with the stays theme up park. in heaven oh. because he too fears what he has created. Insane <laughs> that that was in that movie. That, like. Two scenes removed from animated skeleton sword fight. <laughs> but you forget that Spy Kids 3 had the original Avengers Endgame moment where they call everyone in. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we talked about that on this show. Oh, no way. <laughs> we talked, we, yeah, we have referenced the call <laughs> everyone talk about moments. that all the time. I was going to say I love that because they're all, they're not even together, it's each character is like on a green screen of the city, and like alone, and, <laughs> and then they fly up and they just punch a robot. Like, none of them are capable of fighting a robot, but they're all there It's still doing it. It's great. It's a great job. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's it's perfect. It, like, it, it shouldn't work, but it absolutely does. And I think, you know, Sharkboy and Lava Girl is not a good movie, but it has enough heart and enough charm that I was excited to kind of go back into that world if only for the novelty, but I think one of the big things a lot of people going into this movie were kind of hooked by was that idea, and the marketing material way overstated how much Sharkboy and Lava Girl would actually be in this movie. Yeah, man, I'm Absolutely. surprised that there's such a... You're right, they did sell the movie entirely on the back of, hey, Sharkboy and Lava Girl are back. And I, I didn't know until that moment just how big of a market there was for Sharkboy and Lava Girl nostalgia. The demographic that was a fan of Sharkboy and Love Girl when it came out is finally of the age that they are, like, fully marketable to on nostalgia, and we're seeing that come up a lot lately. They're rebooting a lot of things from that era. I mean, you know, like, look at Netflix and Nickelodeon, stuff like that, right? And it's very interesting that Netflix would rely so heavily on that hook and not really deliver at all. But let's, I think we should talk about the movie on its, on its merits, like, as a movie, maybe, because it's just Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. Yo, don't you put that on Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy Neutron <laughs> is an Academy Award nominee. That's true. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I mean, I love Jimmy Neutron. I'm not slacking Jimmy Neutron, but it is the plot of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. All of the adults get taken, and it is up to their children to stop the aliens and save the world. Am I the only one who thought that the heroes were going to be a little bit more formidable? Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Lloyd Holdbrook as, like, a Superman type, and he gets knocked out twice very easily. I I don't... Well, if you're you're going by what happens in the movie, there is a reason for that. Oh, I don't want to go into spoilers, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But okay, just the, the heroes in general are very ill-equipped to handle anything, and they have really good actors. And it, <laughs> so I was surprised yes. by that. Like, why did you guys all sign up to be bad superheroes? But Diego, I understand the actors. Were <laughs> okay, I guess they got the big Plus, Robert Rodriguez money. is just cool. They get to hang out after. Also true. Plus, this is a franchise now, apparently. So, like, more money down the pike. Good for Pedro. But I'm not, ex- but I'm not excited to see any more of the heroics now because i'm like these guys <laughs> kind of are the worst i think you don't want movie, a pedro solo movie I, I would watch like is it pedro pascal or is it his character because if it's, it's just pedro pascal a solo movie i would watch anything with pedro pascal no as his but, character i mean if they did a machete style pedro pascal's character in this movie Ooh, okay see that pitch is pretty good so maybe is it like younger 
you know, I, I, let me go into this movie. I can't, I can't dive down this rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, I, I realized watching this movie, and I think I, I told Garrett this before, is that Robert Rodriguez kids' movies don't have good child actors. They just like ham up bad performances of adult actors. Like they just make their adult actors worse. And so like Priyanka Chopra, I think is particularly bad in this movie. And so she's about as good as the kids then. Yeah, and I've got a, yeah, I've got a couple of thoughts on what you just said. What one Diego? I think. What you said about the heroics is absolutely on the nose. And I think it sucks a lot of the tension out of this movie because we do not see them as capable ever. There's no ebb and flow to the tension of the sequence where they all get captured. It's just like, they show up, they get caught, they're gone. There's no moment where it looks like they're going to win. There's no late surge. There's nothing. It's just, show up, get captured, get out of here. And I think part of that probably suffers from, when you shoot everything on a green screen, you don't have a clear sense of, like, geography like you do when you're shooting something in a real location. And it's not as easy to choreograph. So it's just kind of like, oh, we'll, we'll film Pedro on a green screen, kind of struggling against some the weird tentacle things, and they'll get taken. And in real response to your comment about the child actors, and I almost said this to you earlier, but I wanted to save it for the show, I think the biggest hurdle that this movie has is usually in a Robert Rodriguez movie, the child actors, I mean, like, most child actors are bad, and that's not the kid's fault. You know, it's just... Tell them how you really feel, Garrett. (laughs) (laughs) But usually, when it comes to Robert Rodriguez, the reason that his child actor movies are more successful is because the children in his movie are usually all kind of on the same acting level like they're all about the same amount of talented and they're all acting in a very specific style that helps give the movie more of a distinct feeling rather than just like oh these kids are bad act this movie has way too many kids (laughs) that all are different levels of actors and so that makes it feel really off kilter and it doesn't make it feel cohesive the way like a spy kids does where both of though like both of those main characters are about as good as each other and are acting in the same way why don't we break down who these kids are let's take it from the top make it drop that some we can be heroes oh i hate i hate uh, how much um there's <laughs> There's the main girl who I do I don't remember any I remember Wheels's name. That's Come on, what I got. Because we had those Miss, wheels. Her name is Missy. She's Missy Missy, Missy Moreno. Okay. I just rewatched this movie. I, I saw it twice. I'm so upset. <laughs> yeah, Diego, your your commitment knows no bounds, my man. Thank you. So yeah, Missy is Pedro Pascal's daughter, the the leader of the Heroics, which every time we were at Heroics headquarters, I just kept thinking about the boys yeah. and how much it felt like the boys. And she doesn't have any superpowers, unlike almost all of the other, or actually all of the other superhero children are in possession of superpowers. And that is something I admire about this movie, is that it does not go the sky-high route of third act surge giving the character powers, which... Sky High is a perfect film, and I would never speak ill of it, does undermine the lesson a little bit, and this movie sticks to its guns. It's like, no, she can be capable and be a hero without needing superpowers. She's pretty cool uh, for what she is, I guess. Like, they they don't ever stray away from that message, which is nice. Her acting isn't great for the lead. No. (laughs) It is one of the weaker child actors, which is 
hard. Yeah, there's there's even some child actors who I think they're not great, but they still gave me a laugh every now and then. I don't think I can think of one memorable line or anything from Missy in particular. Yeah, no. no. So should we keep going? Uh, I was like going to bring something up. Uh, should, should we even do spoilers for this? Does anyone really care? Okay, I guess let's just mark a full spoiler wording for the rest of our conversation. <laughs> the, we're going to go into We Can Be Heroes spoilers. There's no post credit scene. Sorry, guys. Um, but they will return. No doubt about that. In Avengers Endgame. There's a, they're in the background. <laughs> they're with the Ravagers. So, Ricardo, you were going to say, with spoilers, I'm assuming. About that time she committed suicide at the end? She <laughs> knew Stretch was going to catch her, whatever his on, noodle man. was. Noodle. noodle. She's going to trust her life in the hands of Noodle. Noodle is the only one who does yeah, anything in this movie. He's super capable. He's the, <laughs> he's the only one that's capable in this entire film because everyone else has to learn. I'll say it. Noodle's a Mary Sue. <laughs> I'll say it, guys. I'm I'm going to be the podcast brave enough to call it out. I did laugh every what? time he suddenly stretched his neck out. That gave me a great laugh. Just because that effect was horrible? Yeah. I hated it. <laughs> Every oh, time he did it, his so body would just be like ridges, the like a mannequin, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> the sound effect of like his bones like <laughs> contorting and crunching. Why? Why would they do that? Oh. To, okay, wait. To, to go back to Missy committing suicide, at that point in the film, they had already demonstrated they had someone who could control time, someone who could stretch, and someone who had god powers. So they all, like, there was no way there was any stakes at that point. Because that one kid could do everything. And he chose, like, like ice fingers at one point. And I was like, why aren't you just stopping time and then doing everything by yourself? But uh... And, yeah, why? And there's a million things. Why doesn't the Rewind kid use Rewind all the time? How is it that Rewinding and Fast Forward at the same time only make the slow kid go fast? <laughs> How does that work? There's no internal logic to the way the powers work in this movie. Like, literally none. No, I thought they were going to make the fast-forward girl work on slow-mo so that way he would be faster. And I was like, that makes sense. But then he Rewind exactly. comes in and I'm like, what are you doing? You guys are both doing nothing. <laughs> what is happening? They cancel each other out so he's at normal speed. I guess? But, like, he's... But wouldn't that just make... that? Wouldn't that just have no effect at all? Yeah. Instead of making him fast, I'm all Christian Slater's in this movie. Christian Slater yeah. is in this movie. Yeah. Why is Lots he in this movie? Lots of people in this movie. Um, I need I need Christian Slater impressions. I know you guys got him locked and loaded. Hey, Sparky, wait till they get a load of me. Where's Johnny? <laughs> I was gonna do my Nicholson too. Damn it. <laughs> Christian Slater. I only know how to say his name in his own voice. That's put, that's pretty good, though. That's not bad. <laughs> hey, thank you. I also don't like, and this is just like a pet peeve about a lot of superhero movies in general, is that the, the way that their kids get their powers, and if they're not... How, how do I explain this? When kids get powers from their parents, and they're not close to what their parents have, like, Wildcard is the son of Techno, and that really bothers me a lot, because Techno doesn't seem to have abilities... And it would make more sense if his son was Wheels, because Wheels is also smart. But no, Wheels is the son of Miracle Guy, who's super strong. Yeah. And I, I think don't that was get... the point, though. But I, 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 I get that his legs are strong. I just don't like when the superpowers don't always match the parent. Or unless it's like the Incredibles, where they both have two different powers, and then, bam, like Dash has a different power, you know? But this one didn't seem to make sense because then there were other people like Acapella who I hate. I can't stand Acapella. <laughs> she, oh my goodness, <laughs> the worst. Christ. It makes no sense. <sighs> 
we're we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna circle back to that in one second. Okay, so that's the reason you like you don't like acapella because I was watching this with my sister, and from the jump, she was just like, "I do not like her." <laughs> but yeah, acapella has the same powers as her parents. So what are the rules with the parents giving the power? Like, how does it work? That's why I want to know. Is, hey, man. is it always my hero academia like can have like frog people? No one gave them shit. That's a lot weirder of a property, man. Yeah, this, that, a... this is like the daughter of Shark Boy and Lava Girl has Lava Girl powers with water. It kind of exactly. makes sense. But then, then we got Noodles, who I do not. <laughs> Like, he's got Mr. Fantastic powers. Like, he's arguably one of the more powerful kids, like we said, but... And his mom turns invisible. So yeah, like, what... Is that, like, a... I don't know. I don't know. A meta-Fantastic Four I was joke. gonna say, could it be? But it makes less sense if he's the son. Yeah, it's... None of it makes sense. What about sense. a shape-changing I... boy? We didn't talk about him at all, really. Yeah, what is it... Why is he in this movie? <laughs> like, I know he's in the movie for the third act reveal, which is the only thing in this movie that actually got me. I was like, oh, good job, movie. Like... Yeah. But then they would have. The um, thing about that third act reveal is, on the cameras, wouldn't they have noticed that the two are dividing and they both look the same? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's you remember it's still that weird. time the yeah, def- kid did blackface? Oh my oh, god! He yeah, he does literally what a do blackface. Weird choice. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. They do a good job. Lie, it's not great. Being real quick about it, that's for sure. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> You're like, oh, um, change the face. All right, we're moving on right now before people realize. He is so annoying. He is the most annoying they're character. They're all annoying. Maybe. Wildcard wasn't Wait, the most you, annoying? Yeah. You didn't chuckle at that kid's death odds that he keeps bringing up? That got me a couple times. <laughs> Five to one odds we die in a fiery first, crash. Yeah, that Come was on. actually good. The first two times. The first two times I laughed, and after that it was very tired, fair. I fair. Thought. Do you remember that scene where he's, like, making fun of Priyanka Shapoy and the the guard can't stop laughing. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not that funny. Like, I wish I was laughing that much in this movie. Yeah, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Remember when oh they knock God. the shit out of Chaka Javor? Just, like, knock her to the ground? <laughs> Deserved her performance. Is um, bad. I do not like her in this movie. She's doing a Robert Rodriguez villain. She's like, very hammy over the top. But what are you going to do for this movie? I yeah, guess. hammy and over the I'm top gonna... is exactly what they were going for here. I want to talk about acapella. <laughs> because... <laughs> She's a girl that can sing so low that she l- can make things float. Sure, why not? I'll take it. However, in the scene where they are escaping the Weapon X facility, <laughs> all of the guards are there, and she sings so low that the guards levitate, but the children around her do not, and then they climb the guards to get out. So, is it selective? She, can she direct her voice? I've got the same question about the tram. If she's making her voice go low, why aren't the kids levitating inside the tram? On a similar note know, in Garrett, that- how do airplanes work? Yeah, you're asking too many <laughs> questions. <laughs> My favorite thing about acapella was the there was a hallway fight where they're using the rewind powers a lot, and she's like making the eardrums of all these guards like go crazy with her super high voice this time, mm-hmm. and. Even though kids can hear higher registers than adults yeah, can. Once again, the kids are unaffected, and the guards in the background are clutching their ears and, like, writhing in pain for, like, ten minutes, while the other guards are, like, <laughs> kind of fine and fighting for what? so long. Um, And also, she knows so many pop culture references that a child, like, she's, like, eight, and she's singing Chariots yeah. of Fire. Get 
out of here. Oh, who doesn't know Rocky by this point, though? People are born with that knowledge now. What is Rocky? What is Rocky in this movie? Didn't you say Chariots of Fire? Isn't that in Rocky? No, man. That's no, Chariots the... of Fire is from the movie Chariots of is Fire. There's a movie called Chariots of Fire? It won Best Picture at the Academy who Awards. Who watches those? That girl, was... apparently. I think that song was also in Madagascar, she... though. So maybe she saw Madagascar? Boom, that's what I'm thinking <laughs> I... about. In universe. You know what? I'll give it... I mean, even, like, I think even her knowing the David Bowie song, We Can Be Heroes, is a well, stretch. That, or actually, it's well, Heroes. That whatever. was in Justice League, so maybe she saw but... Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> Diego, get, I, the, get out of here with your logic. <laughs> I would not know. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. She's annoying. Like, I also, they introduce her like she's going to be mean, and then she's not. I was wondering why that was going on. And then, also, I would like to talk about Guppy. Wait, before we get to Guppy, can I say one thing about acapella that I've been dying to say? Oh, yes, I would love to hear it, Diego. She, in two different moments, there's one with Slow-Mo, who I also can't stand, but Slow-Mo is, like, running to the ship, <laughs> and instead Slow-mo of, like, doesn't using even her limit, do anything. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> Slow-Mo is running to the ship, and they're waiting for him, and they're all yelling at him. And instead of acapella using her powers to levitate him over, she instead starts singing the song, the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, like, for dramatic purposes. Which is yeah, stupid. I thought that was bogus as hell. Like, she so- could have done something. That's what I thought they were going with. And then the second time, Missy is walking on the line, and instead of levitating the monsters around her... Or levitating Missy so that way she doesn't fall, she starts singing We Can Be Heroes. And I'm like, why are you doing these dramatic moments when people need help? <laughs> like, you're, you're flying around and just singing for no reason. I, I couldn't stand it. It, it. it just does not work. It's just, it, it really tries hard. Again, I'm going to compare it to Sky High, which is probably going to end up being my double feature. And they try really hard to make it so these kids have, like, underdog powers. Like, not underdog, like they have the powers of underdog. But, like, they have powers that are not op or anything but then do not give them scenarios where their powers are actually helpful again the exception being noodle the mary sue Um, (laughs) but it just doesn't really connect there are a couple kids that get their moment in the third act but i think like slow-mo you're right didn't do a single thing wheels is the tech guy he uses his wheelchair to like bowl over some guards at one point yeah, that's true, I guess. But I do think, like, the, I'm glad that this movie had a kid in a wheelchair and his entire character wasn't, I'm the kid in the wheelchair, even though his name is literally Wheels. And they make the joke about it as um, soon as they introduce him. They call me Wheels because of the wheelchair. Um, and he's the tech guy, so he's but, literally the guy in the chair. Yeah, I think, but I think it's interesting that I feel like anytime there's any kind of wheelchair representation in anything, the wheelchair guy is the tech guy. Like, I mean, even Oracle, right? Yeah, yeah true. I do think. So I think that this movie had not opportunity to not do that and it just did it anyway which is all i'm to saying to be fair to the movie though i think the wheelchair guy is often seen as the most like the liability and he seems to be one of the most capable like the liability that's true lomo if anybody <laughs> who can walk yeah so i was like I, I give them credits for that at least like they, they they made him very capable throughout the whole movie they also edit around that's him true. during like two or three chase scenes they're just like they show the other kids running and then they cut back and he's just there without having been in the chase scene at all <laughs> kind of like slow-mo where they'll just cut and slow-mo when when the plot needs him to be slow-mo's just with them yeah, anyway exactly. <laughs> also i loved it half the time in the like hero detainment unit christian slater just was not there 
Oh, was he not? <laughs> they only had him for like an afternoon they cut, to shoot. He was and on the like, other right, side of, of the room. They would cut to wide shots and he wouldn't be there. He was on the other side of the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. He was behind the camera. You know, they didn't want to break the 180 degree rule. You know, oh, a lot, wait, a lot to, of technique in here, you know. Wait, to go back to Christian Slater. Okay, the first scene of the film, the, what's his name, Miracle Guy falls from the sky. Christian Slater catches him and then he's out of fuel. And then we cut and then they're both fine later. Like, we never see what happened between them two. Like, did did someone else catch them? Like, I- we we don't know. Well, I had assumed that was gonna be I had assumed that was gonna be Lava Girl's big reveal of like, oh, I'm coming to save him, like it's the big cheer for me, I'm Lava Girl, you know, but no. no we gotta see the like, extended oh. version of this, and then there'll be so much more Christian Slater and Lava Girl. We'll finally get like, to hear Shark Boy. At least the Rodriguez yeah, cut. At least the Rodriguez cut. Absolutely. <laughs> Started here on PCR if it keeps going. So what about Guppy? I would I would like to talk about Guppy because this movie is so convinced that I am going to find Guppy adorable and hilarious, and this and is they no- were like I'm not. Uh, this is not anything right. against. <laughs> This is nothing against the girl. It's all about the way, like, the actor who played Guppy. It's all about the way that she is shot and edited in this movie. But Guppy is so annoying, and the movie keeps cutting to her like, Don't you think Guppy's so funny? And I'm like, please, can we not? Um, well, they're all annoying. Yeah, but, like, they don't keep cutting to, to you know, I don't know. I try to think of one of the names. <laughs> Um, they don't keep cutting to acapella and being like, don't you think acapella is so funny? But it's like, get it, Guppy, she's got her glasses on. She's meditating. Isn't that so cute? And I'd be like, no. (laughs) I mean, I I think a lot of that, a lot of that stuff does feel like, like when I was watching this last night, I was like, you know, the kids I used to babysit for would have watched this every day because it it's just like little kids being cheeky and to little kids that don't know what acting is and they're just like, hey, it's a kid and they're in a movie. They're like, they do think Guppy is so funny and cute, you know? I guess they must. Somebody has to, right? Tell me you don't want a Shark Boy, Lava Girl, Guppy spin-off series that focuses on them as the nuclear family? The stronghold exactly. <laughs> the greatest superhero family the world has ever known. It'll be like that, but way better. Except Sharkboy and Lava Girl are not capable either with all the other heroics, but that's just me. Um, Guppy, I actually kind of disagree, Garrett. I enjoyed her for what she was. I did see her like a three-year-old that was with them, and I liked that every now and then they would just unleash her, and it would just be like this little kid throwing people. I kind of enjoyed that, and I liked the running gag of the cushions, like when they drop all the people, and then it cuts to them, and they're all on cushions. <laughs> yeah, that's really like, good. That was a good, that was a good uh, scene. I enjoyed that. So For what plus she was, every I thought time, she was fine. Plus, every time she pops up, you can hear the old shark boy and lava girl score oh i did not know that oh is that true that. that's cool i didn't pick that up either and that's i'm usually alone on that yeah i d- like diego i like the concept of we have a three-year-old that's our version of the hulk <laughs> but it just it would i think it would have been almost more effective if they didn't have her so heavily showcased in other parts if they were like guppy it's time now and then she wreaks havoc as opposed to I felt like the the movie had reached its saturation point with her. I thought they were going to do something in a scene where they, like, get everyone to cry and then give her the water. I thought they were trying to make Guppy angry. Yeah, me too. And then... I thought so, too. And they take it a whole other direction. And I was like, you set up this whole, like, she has to be unleashed and all this stuff to be, like, uncontrollably powerful, and then you just don't use it that well, so... Yeah, Yeah, let's talk about the weird scene where they all cry one single tear. (laughs) 
well, that then she manipulates into a key because she because she also has ice powers. I guess. Yeah, sure. Why not? It's just you know, a lava shark ice. You get it. Can we talk about the heroes now? Because like the the heroics and how bad they are in general like just every single one of them they have a superman on their team that gets knocked out twice and none of them and, and just to, i there's so much about this film that i hate there's so much about this film that i can't like fathom but the well, one should that we gets talk me the about most, the big twist the twist is what gets me the most oh who wants to break it down does someone want to break down the twist it was all a dream no <laughs> okay, okay not that the, but something I, like that <laughs> okay so Basically, Oho, one of the girls who we haven't talked about yet, who's the only good actor in the kid bunch, and they don't let her talk, um, is a secret alien, and so is ev- every other character that isn't the heroics. Shooter McGavin, the president, and the caretaker lady, and they pretty much politely um, explain that they've infiltrated every layer of the, like the human world. Yeah, because I at first I thought, okay, it's a hoax. The president is doing a hoax to retain power or whatever he's trying to do. But no, Robert Rodriguez really went full. Everybody in power is a squid person. But like a nice one. Um, like the invasion is... But it's still not good. Like they're still, they are still like he's. They've manipulated the elections to make sure that their president's yeah, they ended like, with. Are we poli- cool with that? This movie's weirdly political. They get a couple Trump jabs in there. Mm-hmm. Well, I really hate that. Okay, you have the president and he can't talk and he's an idiot and like whatever. Okay, sure, I get it. And do you really have to do the whole? How did this guy ever get elected? <laughs> well, this, he can't even put two sentences this movie together. Six year olds, Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> are six-year-olds gonna get it if they didn't get it with that are they really gonna get it with that like i don't think that adding that joke actually helped anybody get it is what i'm saying yeah i yeah you, you're right man like it's too much for the kids watching it and it's kind of too stupid for the parents showing it to their kids who have to watch it I was just gonna say that the president is also the same president from like one of the other Robert Rodriguez movies. I just can't. I don't remember which one, but it's like in the same like. I, it might be Sharkboy and Lava Girl, but it's the same guy. Well, it it's Christopher McDonald. All 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 real quick. All because I know in Spy Kids George Clooney is the president. Mm-hmm. Is he? I do not remember that. Well, when they said when they said the president, I was like, is George Clooney gonna? Be uh, in I was this really movie? with the black bar <laughs> then, over his eyes. I would have been so into it. And then he just takes yeah, them like off. glasses. <laughs> Can we talk um... about how bad the plan? Is? So, so the plan, generally speaking, is that they got the heroics so that way the kids could escape, train in a horrible montage, which I could talk about for like twenty minutes if I had the time. Gain they gain confidence, then they free their parents, supposedly like proving that they could do what their parents couldn't and be better than their parents, right? But what caught their parents were the robots. And the robots are a much bigger threat than what everything they faced. And if the kids faced the robots, they would have been caught too. So I don't see how the whole plan proves that they're more capable. And is it like, is the idea that they're more capable? Or is the idea that the kids are like ready to step up and be heroes with the big boys? Like, what is the point of the whole exercise? <laughs> Why can't they just train the kids normally? Because they gotta believe it's real. I guess because... The stakes are real. They also only trained for about. Wait, an this is wait. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I've just I've discovered the Christopher McDonald president thing. He's the president in Spy Kids 2, 
and he's the president in this, but in Spy Kids 3, George Clooney is the president, so he's serving non-consecutive terms? Or is, like, was the original Christopher McDonald a real person, and then the, the alien, like, took over his identity and then ran for president again? Or does this yes. movie take place before Spy Kids 2? <laughs> Here's the other question. Like, I, we'll circle back to how stupid the plan is, but if we're... If we're talking about its larger implications in the Robert Rodriguez verse, does this movie all take place in Max's imagination, or are Sharkboy and Lava Girl real in the Sharkboy and Lava Girl universe? Was that ever fully established? What, what no, they, they don't were? talk about Jack. <laughs> the first movie, the dream stuff, the the tornadoes, the whole like corruption of that kid's mind and dreams is just like yeah, whatever. Here's Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Oh, are they still married? Yeah, whatever. Let's send them to the aliens, and then that's it. Oh, oh Sharkboy doesn't talk for this whole movie, and that's <laughs> I funny. I did kind of like that gag, but... I think that's more just for the sequel, if they can bring back Taylor Lautner, they don't have to do any... I think I heard that it was always supposed to be a non-speaking role to, like, almost entice Taylor Lautner to be like, listen, you don't have to say anything, you're gonna be in a mask, you just have to show up for the day, and then he was still like, nah, I'm not gonna do it. Hilarious. I just like the one line um, where they're like, oh, why don't you sing us one of your lullabies, the shark boy? And ooh, I love that. That, that, was, that was good. I like that. Yes, that that was really good. More of that, please. I would have preferred that. Also, just real quick, I know it's uh, not related, really, but uh, Christopher McDonald, the actor who plays the president, is Kent Mansley from The Iron Giant. Oh, is he really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. One of the funniest characters ever on screen. Didn't really show up this time with the humor, did he? Yeah. No, not not really. Once again, not really his fault. Maybe, maybe the Iron Giant needed to be in this movie with like <laughs> Ready Player One. So anyway, sorry, you guys, I completely derailed that. But It's good. Where were we? I don't even remember. There's so many things. Oh, the plan. The dumb plan. You, you were talking about the plan, yeah. The, I think the implications is that they're going to step up and take over for the heroics now. Because they were talking about how the heroics took over for the grandma's uh, generation. We could talk about the grandma for a whole 20 minutes, too, if you want. But they're not ready to take over. Like, two of them just figured out how to use their powers. They trained for about an hour and a half. And to get into the training, why were they teaching the kids with superpowers how to do hand-to-hand combat when some of them can, like, manipulate time and, like, stretch? They should be learning how to use their powers, like in X-Men, like that whole montage of them training in X-Men First Class. But powers are expensive, <laughs> Diego. Uh, they spent all the money on the neck stretching in, like, they, the two scenes. <laughs> they got it. It's fine. They they know things. It's fine. <laughs> you're just skating by all the, the BS, Ricardo. You're into it. <laughs> We're spending a lot of time talking about, really, how this movie wasn't worth our time, which I think is a fascinating thing <laughs> that we're doing on this podcast. Oh, boy. It was just... I, I remember looking at I, I was like man this movie has to be over by now like it's almost done and i stopped it i was 40 <laughs> minutes in and i had an hour left and i was like where is this going the answer was nowhere <laughs> it hits you with that double twist it did do that that's true i feel like the next one is going to have some spy kids return because they already implied it's in the same universe, and Robert Rodriguez kind of banked on us coming for Shark Boy and Lava Girl, and he can't do that again. So I don't see how he's not going to bring in like I don't even remember their name. Carmen the and Junie. Boom! There you <laughs> yes, go. Carmen and Junie. There you go. They're gonna. I bet they're gonna be in the next one in some shape or form. Like they're gonna be the ones who are like the Nick Fury and 
Muya Hill of the universe. Oh, that like could that. be fun. They're, yeah, th maybe the it's the heroics like an offshoot of the OSS. D but does that mean that the OSS is movies. infiltrated by tentacle monsters too? Yeah. Maybe they are. Maybe all of the Cortezes are tentacle. Ooh, hit him with that triple twist. <laughs> <laughs> the Skrull storyline I've always wanted. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna watch it though. I'm gonna see the sequel. Like I, I agree with you, Diego. I am, I'm too far in. I like Robert Rodriguez enough. If they can pull it off a little better, I mean, I'm sure that will do something to my nostalgia button in my brain. But we'll see. I also wonder if, and I kind of alluded to this earlier. Robert, Ro first of all, the green screen looks so much worse in this movie than it has any right to. And I know that that's part of Robert Rodriguez's whole aesthetic. But it is wearing very thin on me. Like, I like that Robert Rodriguez has this unpolished, almost amateurish filmmaking vibe. But the fact that the green screen looks so bad in this movie was really off-putting, considering the fact that every shot's a green screen shot, yeah, pretty gosh. much. But I do wonder if part of the reason that this movie had a lot of setbacks that seemed to be budgetary was because Robert Rodriguez's last movie was Alita Battle Angel, which was a $200 million flop. I straight up didn't even know that he directed that movie. Did y'all see that movie? I didn't. I did not. No, I want to. I'd like to. I heard to. really good things, and I have not, because the animation was a little off-putting to me, and so I just didn't go and see it. Diego, you're not in the Alita army? I'm not God. in the Alita army. You I'm talking sorry. about her face? Of course. Yeah, her face looks really weird to the me. The giant eyes? Everything. The, as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, ah, no. But I couldn't leave because I was in a theater. So. Hey, man. Amanda Seyfried walks around existing and no one gives her shit. Wow. Have you guys seen Ted 2? I so know this is really off topic, but have you seen that Ted 2 where they're like in Comic-Con and they're with Amanda Seyfried? And she runs into someone dressed as Gollum. And she goes, ah! And the Gollum goes, ah! And they look exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's, really, it's really bogus. <laughs> That's, oh, that's super awful. <laughs> that's very funny, though. But yeah, final thoughts? Anyone? <laughs> I guess. We never did our double feature, did um, we? Yeah, it's time to do our double features. So I'm going to go ahead and put my chips on the table with Sky High. Of I course. already talked about it a lot. But if you're watching this movie and you're like, man, what if a good version of this? Sky High is your ticket, baby. Kids superheroes taking over for their incompetent parents. Lots of bad green screen flying through nondescript cities. Two thumbs up. Agreed. Um, I'm going to throw this one into the ring. It's another Robert Rodriguez classic that we didn't even mention with the other Spy Kids. Spy Kids 4. It is <laughs> pretty much the same oh. plot where it's kids and they've got to do what the parents can't and... I'm pretty sure Carmen and Junie both make a return as, like, you know, top people in the OSS, and it's, I think Joel McHale is in it, and it was god-awful just like this movie, so if you really want to punish yourself, back-to-back -back Rodriguez train wrecks. I forgot that movie existed. Oh, I can't. I also forgot. Is it me? Should Ooh, I go? Sounds, what do you got, Ricardo? Rough. Yeah, t tell us. Uh, you know, you should you should watch New Mutants. Watch this and New Mutants <laughs> back to back. Do it. You'll love it. It's going to be the greatest, New greatest thing ever. No. <laughs> You're just guessing? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join Garrett and recommend a good movie. I'm going to go with an animated kids movie that I personally love. It came out with a movie 
like about the same time that was very similar. So I think it's usually undermined, or like not really know, like seen that much. But Mega Mind with Will Ferrell and Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, it's great. It's about a supervillain who has to become a superhero by the end of the film. Like he's a bad guy turned into a good guy. Came out right with Despicable Me, so everyone, like every kid, saw Despicable Me instead. I loved Mega Mind. I think it's a fun parody movie of Superman. And I think it's a good kids movie to wash out the taste of this bad kids movie, so I'd recommend that one instead. Solid Yeah, I like that movie a lot. Thank you, thank you. Alright, should we bump on over to our pop culture reference? Let's do it. Now it's time for our pop culture reference of the episode, where we're going to be talking about the Robert Rodriguez-verse, a vaguely interconnected series of films that all kind of allude to each other, but also not really. That includes, you know, Spy Kids, Shark Boy, Lava Girl, We Can Be Heroes, his more kid-friendly fare, but then also films like Machete, From Dusk Till Dawn, and the El Mariachi trilogy. It's insane that Machete is like the linchpin that connects all these together. It really is. Yeah, I was definitely too young when... Spy Kids came out to really understand anything that was going on there. I was just like, yeah, it's their weird uncle who sells, like, weapons and stuff. He's got a strange name, but... uncle. I actually only recently found out that Machete was a part of the Spy Kids universe. I thought that was a whole other separate thing. But that's really cool. I'm down for it. <laughs> yeah, I... What was your guy... I guess... I'm curious, James kind of already answered, what was your guys' first exposure to the idea that the these were somehow connected? Oh, for me, I think it was Machete 2, when I think that started popping up around the internet. It was like, yeah, go back and watch the old Spy Kids movies. It's the same character, Uncle Machete. I was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. And then I just kind of rolled with it after that. There's also a vague connection that I... You know, I loved Tarantino movies. I still do, but I mean, like, pretty young, I was watching, like, Kill Bill and Pulp Fiction, and there's a connection between Kill Bill and From Dusk Till Dawn that, like, also vaguely merges them through Texas Ranger, ooh, excuse me, Texas Ranger Earl McGraw, who is played by Michael Parks. Yeah, the, the late, great Michael Parks connects more than one weird universe and, I mean, besides that, there's, I feel like, really not a ton of other big, like, obvious ones that aren't as subtle as some of the other stuff we have here. Yeah, I, let me, here, let me look up and see if there's, like, if somebody's made a more, be, like a, a better, like, master list. Draws lines. Because, um, also, did it feel weird to you guys to not have the Dimension logo before this oh, movie? Oh, 100%, Absolutely. yes, that, that was... Too. We got the Roblox logo instead. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so all of the Robert Rodriguez movies are technically in the same category as things like Kill Bill and Grindhouse in the Tarantinoverse, which are movies that characters from Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs could like go to see at a theater. And so Machete is obviously connected to Spy Kids through Spy like the fact that he's in Spy Kids. And then Machete from Dusk Till Dawn and Desperado 
all have the crotch gun. You guys remember? Oh the, yeah. Like, um, and so that connects them more succinctly. And then allegedly, Sharkboy and Love Girl are not in the same universe as Spy Kids, but I. I thought I'd read somewhere that they were. Well, this throws my fan fiction all out of whack. <laughs> but now the president... I mean, so yeah. But with the president in this one, doesn't it now confirm, kind of? Yes, there it is. Thank you, Diego. So now in We Can Be Heroes, we have Chris McDonald playing a president who is also the president in Spy Kids 2. Also, I'm just now realizing, does this imply that George Clooney's character in From Dusk Till Dawn goes on to be the president in Spy Kids 3? <laughs> hey, that president didn't have a neck-to-face tattoo. You don't know well, that. Well, maybe he got it removed when he became a squid person, Seamus. Maybe, maybe. Really, at the end of the day, it doesn't really make any sense or matter, because how many times has Danny Trejo popped up as different characters in these movies? Yeah. But... It's still a really fun little universe. It's something that I like a lot more than... Like, I think Robert Rodriguez's shared universes are a lot more charming than the way that Tarantino cobbles his together. I think part of that's because I just like Robert Rodriguez as a guy more than I like Tarantino. Uh, That's fair. But I think Robert Rodriguez's commitment to having his films be imaginative and kind of silly regardless of what the age range the demographic is is really admirable and the fact that he by connecting all these films is trying to be like films of my kind should be enjoyed by different kinds of people it's a way for him to say it's still my style even if they're movies for completely different audiences also it's all maybe all happening in max's brain but (laughs) it's like saint elsewhere Exactly. You get it. <laughs> Whatever happened to Shark Boy's dad? <laughs> Whoa! What did happen to Shark Boy's dad? He's at Diego. The... <laughs> oh he's my at the bottom God. of the ocean. But he went to find him. Yes, he's still Diego. Looking. You have unlocked something <laughs> in my brain. The next, the we can be heroes too is gonna be like. George Lopez is locked up Hannibal Lecter style, and he has to help Sharkboy find his dad. <laughs> Would watch 100%. Yeah, right. we can Played write one of these Taylor movies, Lockman guys. In old age makeup. There it is. What is Sharkboy's real name? Because I want to give him like a Logan style movie. But I don't I think don't... he has one. <laughs> I don't think it's just Sharkboy. No, Sharkboy and Lava Girl are Sharkboy and Lava Girl, man. It's just called Boy. <laughs> boy. <laughs> I'd watch it. I'd absolutely watch that. Okay, should we move on to our pop quiz? Yeah, let's do it. Pop quiz. So this is actually our first pop quiz where we have a guest on the show. So we're going to run things a little bit differently today. Points aren't going to matter this week for Seamus and Ricardo. So Ricardo's going to stay in the lead with five points to Seamus's three. And instead... We're going to be playing for a little bit different of stakes with our guest Diego today. So if Diego wins, he's going to give us a topic that we have to organically weave into every one of our shows for the next month. And if Diego loses, he's going to give us a nice little bumper talking about how pop culture references the best pop culture podcast out there. So does that make sense to you guys? 
Yeah, and the the odds are roughly the same two to one because me and Ricardo are really dumb, so it works out. I think odds are closer <laughs> in my favor than yours, so I'm I'm good with it. I got this. <laughs> Just you wait. So Diego, since you're the guest, we're gonna let you pick which trivia question you want. You ready to hear your categories? Good. All right. So your options are either we can be heroes or Caillou. Ooh. Okay. We established I haven't seen Caillou or know as much as Seamus about Caillou for some reason. <laughs> and I saw We Can Be Heroes twice. <laughs> so I'm going to go with We Can Be Heroes. Okay. So, We Can Be Heroes. The first person to answer correctly wins. So, either Diego or Seamus or Ricardo. And if there's a tie, we'll move on to the other category. So, here is your question. Who... Is We Can Be Heroes star Priyanka Shapur married Nick Jonas. Nick Jonas. Hey. Damn, that was Diego Goddard. lightning fast. Ooh, I Good picked, God. It's not even because of We Can Be Heroes. It's because I'm a hardcore Joe bro over here. And so, <laughs> <laughs> whew, got him. Just Damn. Well, congratulations, Diego. How did we not say that at the same time? <laughs> you were like you five seconds late, man. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Ooh, okay. You would have been our savior, Ricardo, because I did not know that answer at all. I'm not a big Jonas Brothers guy, weirdly enough. You can't identify the three women that are married to the three Jonas Brothers. We've got Nick, who's married to Priyanka Shapur. We've got Joe, who's married to Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones. And then we've got Kevin, who's married to some normal woman. Also... (laughs) Some normal... Also, <laughs> also the bonus Jonas is married to Brie Larson. What? what? You're yes, lying to really? me. Is that true? <laughs> no, no. The guy not. who's not in the band. <laughs> the bonus Jonas, he's... That would be insane. Wait, I, that would be that insane. Would be, right? No, he's like 22, I think. I don't know how old he is now. He's got to be like our age. <laughs> also, in my, brain, in my brain, I was like, is Brie Larson married? <laughs> like, <I was> like... <laughs> Always has been. <laughs> They've had promise rings forever. Uh, um. Okay, so I get... My dreams are crushed. So I get to pick a topic, right? Yes. So, Diego, you are now going to get to pick a topic that we are going to be forced to, in some capacity, organically bring up for the next four weeks. Okay, I think I'm going to go with how the Fifty Shades franchise is the greatest of our generation. Okay, so one of us has to organically bring up the Fifty Shades of Grey franchise being the greatest franchise of our generation. I, okay. I hate how <laughs> I have so recently watched all three of those movies, so I'm very well equipped for this one for some reason. God, why are you going to expose me like this, Diego? Why are you going to do me like that? Uh, I should have said... That is a... I almost said Gotham, like, about how great Gotham is, <laughs> but you already did that, Seamus, so I can't again... <laughs> That's a great pick, Diego. I'm excited to see us bend over backwards to force that into force that into the show, which is, you know, sounds like something they do in the Fifty Shades. Damn good. it, you that beat me good. to it. That I was going to say, speaking of uh, bending over backwards. <laughs> speaking um, of penetration, you guys ever seen oh, that one God. movie? I would love to do this again. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, let's move on to Save the Rec Center. Now it's time to Save the Rec Center, where we give you our weekly recommendations. Since Diego's our guest, we're going to put him up first. 
Okay, I really hope no one has recommended this already. I have been looking through my Netflix catalog trying to recommend shows to people who have Netflix since The Office is gone. I think The Office took up too much of many people's time. Uh, my pick is a show. It's only one season right now. It's called Living With Yourself. It stars Paul Rudd and Paul Rudd as himself and a clone of himself. Uh, they're two different characters. And what I like about this show is that it's about this guy who's just dumb on his luck. Like, he's he's not having a great time. So he goes through the spa that's supposed to make him happy. And instead it makes a clone of him and tries to kill him. But when it doesn't work, he's now forced to live with this clone of himself that is arguably the better version of himself. So instead of, like, other shows where it has clones or, like, two different people, it's never like, oh, which one's which? It never goes there. It never goes to those dumb little bits. It always talks about the psychology of being the clone and then the original. Like, what does it mean to be a copy of someone else? And what does it mean to have a clone that is better than you? And so it really dives into those questions, and I I like it. Paul Rudd gives a great performance as both characters, so definitely check it out. Living With Yourself is on Netflix. How many episodes is that? I believe it's eight Eight or ten. Like, it's a short season. It's a quick watch. It's hilarious and pretty smart. I, I love the writing, so. I really wanted to watch that when it came out, and I honestly forgot it existed, Diego, so thank you for the recommendation. Absolutely. Put a little more rud in your life. Speaking of Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, Diego, do you want to pick which one of us is going next? Do you want, you want to play God? Oh, me? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. I just blanked yeah. out for a second. I'm sorry. Uh, Seamus, why why don't you go ahead? With pleasure. Uh, These days, I've, you know, like everybody else, I've been pretty locked down in one spot for the most part. So I've been indulging in a lot of Action Bronson's incredible Vice television show, F That's Delicious. I can't really say the expletive because of, you know, reasons, but... What are those reasons? Well, you know, you know, this is a family show. This is a children's show. (laughs) Talking about we could be heroes. Of 50 at this point. Of gray. We've also talked about the boys and Fifty Shades of Grey for the next month, but whatever. This show is musician and chef's action. Bronson traveling around America and the world with his friends. Uh, it's like half reality show, half concert tour movie, half you know cooking travel show, and it's just him and all of his friends getting unbelievably baked with like the most drugs you've ever seen and making and eating the most incredible food that they can find it's it's genuinely just it looks like the best life anybody could ever live and it definitely hits the spot when i'm trying to like live vicariously through some of the stuff that i'm experiencing on my television right now so it's on hulu it's got four seasons right now i think it's incredible very funny very Heartfelt for some reason, even though they're just smashed constantly, but highly recommended. <laughs> that sounds fascinating. Yeah, I've got it on my list for Hulu, though I've never actually listened to an Action Bronson album. I mean, he's just a fantastic musician in general, and he's a very funny man. He, I've, I've read some of uh, his book, and I, I watch his show. He, he's just great. Uh, one tip, though, is just have some food ready to eat when you watch that show, because it will make you so, so hungry. Very good. Uh, Ricardo, you want to take it? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. My rec center's a, a little different. It's, it's, it's a book. I've been reading Nick Spencer's run on Ant-Man, and I've been just, I've been loving it. And it is 
laugh out loud. It's hilarious. I can't remember the last time I've laughed this hard at a at a comic. Nick Spencer, man, I just love his writing style. He really gets character, and despite it being so funny, doesn't like stray away from having a heart. Like with this series, particularly, it's all about you know Scott Lang. You know his deal. If you've seen the Ant Man movie, where his whole life is just a mess. He can't keep a job. He's broke. His ex-wife hates him, but he has his daughter, which is his one good thing in his life. And this book kind of takes a look at their relationship and even poses the question, like, what what can Scott do if he doesn't have that anymore? If his daughter kind of resents him now. So, yeah, Nick Spencer's Ant-Man run. It's chopped up into a bunch of different kind of miniseries. Check it out if you can get your hands on a trade paperback. Yeah, Ricardo, you, Ricardo's been sending me some out-of-context, like, you know, snapshots of this run he's reading and... If out of context it's making me laugh out loud, I think reading the whole thing would be just a blast. Ant-Man is one of my favorites, and I think this is one I'm going to have to pick up. Yeah, he sent me a good one, too, of Ant-Man and Falcon that I can help with laughing. So I guess I'll just sit over here with no out of context <laughs> Ant-Man to laugh at. So. I've brought it up uh, potentially having like a comic segment on the show, so who knows? Maybe we'll we'll see more of that in the future. All right, I guess I guess that, that it's down to me, boys. I recently got for Christmas Star Wars from a certain point of view, which was a novel released in conjunction with the 40th anniversary of Star Wars's release back in 1977, so it was released in 2017. It is a collection of 40 short stories all detailing the different perspectives of characters from throughout the first Star Wars movie, kind of their take on events. So you see the captain of the ship that gets boarded at the beginning of the movie, Aunt Beru has a segment, there's a really cool short story where Obi-Wan is talking to Qui-Gon's ghost, while Luke is off finding out that Beru and Owen have been murdered. So it's really interesting. Some of the stories are better than others, obviously. But overall, it's clear that the people who were writing these have a lot of love for Star Wars as a film and are really interested in fleshing out the characters in the movie. And I, if you're a Star Wars fan, I can't recommend it highly enough, frankly. I don't that know what it awesome. is, but when you... It does. I agree with you totally. It does sound awesome. For whatever reason, when you said Aunt Beru, that's when my ears perked up. I was like, what? A whole chapter from Aunt Beru's perspective? <laughs> I, don't, I couldn't tell you a thing she's ever said. She's like probably the character I know almost the least about. Well, you'll, you'll like this then, Ricardo. The one weird thing I don't like about Aunt Beru's story is that it's told from her perspective. Like, like it's her reflecting on her life after she died or like in her dying moments which i think is kind of a weird framing device but it's like it's still a very interesting look into that character's psyche which i mean essentially meant that the author essentially meant that the author had to invent a character there because there's so little character in the original movie are you gonna read light of the jedi the new High Republic books? I am. I've got it on hold from the library right now, Diego. I'm, I'm waiting for it to come in. They've It's on order, and when they get it in, they should tell me it's ready to pick up, but it's just, it's still shipping to my library right now. Yeah, I have it, I have it over here, but I'm, I'm reading something else right now, so I'm waiting to finish that up so I can get started on it. Pretty excited. 
yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for Light of the Jedi, which is the new High Republic series. For those of you not in the know, Star Wars is launching a whole line of High Republic content, mostly books, comics thrown in there too. And that the first of those was just released on what the fifth? Yeah, it was like yeah, the fifth. And I'm really yeah, I'm really excited to check that out. See some Star Wars stories that are not related to the Skywalkers. And that's kind of what's nice about, from a certain point of view, too, is it makes the world feel more fleshed out beyond, like, the linear story that Luke is going on. It makes you feel like there are consequences to the actions that ripple out throughout, like, Tatooine or the rest of the galaxy. It's not just like, oh, this is what's happening to Luke and R2 and 3PO and whatever. Like, truly, um, there's one about, there's a story about R5, who we were thrilled to see return on The Mandalorian Season 2. <laughs> yeah. I literally almost cried at r five story. I'm not joking. Wow. I think I have an exclusive R5 Funko Pop somewhere around here. Hey, Damn. this guy gets it. So yeah, I think that wraps us up for this week's episode of Pop Culture Reference. Uh, before we tell you how to reach us... We want to make sure we plug Diego's show, Live Action Remake. And Diego, you want to tell them how they can find you on social media? Yeah, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Live Action Remake. You can also find us on Twitter at Action Remake Pod. I couldn't get Live Action Remake for Twitter for some reason. And yeah, you can listen wherever you're probably listening to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, You can listen to Live Action Remake. It's just me usually ranting about something that doesn't have as much meaning to other people but you know i have a lot of fun doing it so go ahead and check us out if you want to diego puts out a really good show and i highly recommend if you guys enjoy our show i'm sure you'll enjoy diego's as well thank you man so i mean i love having you on the show man i hope we can do it again sometime absolutely. soon. absolutely i gotta get you guys over on mine too definitely i had a lot of fun doing yeah, this I, i'd love to i'd love to be on i'd love to be on the pod For sure. i had a Ew, i had ricardo man. on a while back and i have an interview process that i kind of enjoyed testing on him so i would love to test it on you guys as well yeah that was a really interesting way to handle having a guest on it was kind of like kind of like a pop quiz but with a more personal touch i liked it, it was yeah good. me too that, that was great thank you for having me on the show i i love being on and i have loved your show for like the past couple of years so it's been great so everyone look out for you more, my heart, more crisscrossing adventures so yeah join us next week when we talk about the series premiere of wandavision coming to disney plus i'm excited to talk about that if you want to reach the podcast you can tweet us at pcr underscore podcast reach us there on instagram as well and you can email the podcast by emailing popculturereferencepod at gmail.com other than that have a great week adios amigos